Welcome back to this week's edition of the Dolphins In-Depth Podcast. I am Daniel Oyafusi. Now, we waited weeks and months for free agent signings, the draft, off-season workout programs, training camp, preseason, injuries, questions, answers, and we finally got to week one. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you're feeling pretty good about week one. The Dolphins are 1-0 and atop the AFC East after one game. I'm going to say it again. They are atop the AFC East after one game, after a 17-16 thrilling win over the New England Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And in this week's episode, we're going to get into a lot of that game, recapping what went good, what went bad, as well as previewing the Dolphins' Week 2 game, their home opener against the Buffalo Bills. But before we get into that, we have another special guest this week, and I'd like to welcome Catherine Fitzgerald, who covers the Bills for the Buffalo News, onto the episode. So, Catherine, thank you for coming on and joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to get into it. No, same, same. But first, we're going to start, obviously, with the week one game, the week one win, I should say, over the New England Patriots. Uh, this one, this game was hyped for so many different reasons. It was the the reunion of the former Alabama quarterbacks, that being Tua Tungvaluwa and Mac Jones. It was the debut of a new offense under Tua Tungvaluwa and co-offensive coordinators, George Gotsi and Eric Studesville. Uh, it was Brian Flores returning to Foxborough to take on his mentor, who he's had success with and picked up another win uh, in this game. Uh, now, I want to start with the offense. Um, the offense couldn't have gotten off to a better start in this game. The first possession, they go 10 plays, 80 yards, and finish that drive with a three-yard touchdown run from Tua. The offense kind of bogged down a little bit after that. They had a few three and outs, but then we saw them – Connect. We saw Tua connect with Jalen Waddle for a 36-yard completion and uh, finished the last drive before halftime with a field goal from Jason Sanders. And then we saw them get the ball back at the beginning of the second half and go nine plays, 75 yards for another scoring drive, this time a three-yard pass to, to Jalen Waddle. And from then, the offense kind of bogged down again. We saw, we saw them have a lot of success on the opening drives when things were scripted, but once the game kind of settled down and the Patriots made adjustments. They didn't have nearly as much success. And Brian Flores, Tua, offensive players, and George Godsey on Tuesday today, they they received those questions, what went wrong after the opening drives. Now, they weren't going to reveal too much about maybe their game plan or exactly what they were trying to attack the, the Patriots with on Sunday, but they just pretty much said that it was a lot of a lot of adjustments that were made, plays that weren't executed properly. They gave credit to the New England Patriots, but still, you know, the offense, while it was encouraging to see, it kind of left you wanting more. Now, when I looked back at some of the plays and some of the drives, I kind of left myself, I kind of left more encouraged about what this offense can be rather than dismissive and maybe maybe more pessimistic about the plays that weren't made. I look at um, a first half drive in which Tua targeted Jalen Waddle on third down. He was wide open. The pass may have been a little little away from Jalen Waddle, his catch radius, but 
it bounced off his hands. If Jalen Waddle catches that, that is a first down. It moves the chains, and they probably end up with a field goal at, at the minimum. And then, again, you have to give credit to the Patriots for the changes and the adjustments that they made. That's a pretty good defensive front. We know that they signed Kyle Van Noy uh, from, uh, from Miami after one season. They signed uh, Matt Judon from Baltimore Ravens, and they played pretty well. They were able to stop the run, which you know we, we didn't, for the most part, didn't think that the offensive line was going to be able to run the ball that well, but they were able to run block in critical situations. Now, I also think that leaving – Leaving that game, I think that the the run pass option that's been instituted for two in this offense is probably the best thing that can happen for this offensive line because they're not placed in tradition too many traditional drop back situations. They're firing off the offensive off the offensive line and giving the impression of a run, while two has also has the option to to pass. So I think that there were a lot of positive things from Jalen Waddle, who scored his first touchdown. Devontae Parker, who didn't look to be showing any signs of a training camp injury. Um, Mike Gusecki wasn't even really heavily involved, but I think that he will down the line, especially in this Bills game. And then you you bring back Will Fuller, who served the final game of a six-game suspension. I think that he's just going to add another dynamic receiver who can do a lot with catch and run on slants, who can blow the top off a of defense, who can be put in motion. So I leave week one feeling really, really encouraged about what this defense or excuse me, what this offense can be going forward. Now, going to the defense, I felt like after this game, it was almost like there were so many offensive storylines and offensive questions that the defense was kind of uh, kind of overlooked in terms of bringing back so many starters and some of the additions like Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland as rookies and even Jason McCourty. And they picked up right where they left from last year, leading the league in takeaways, forcing another two turnovers on Sunday, including the strip sack, or the, excuse me, the strip of Damian Harris by Xavier Howard. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you have to feel great about what this defense, where this defense is. Now, I think that there's still some issues to be cleaned up, particularly with the run defense. Raquan Davis being placed on IR today is not going to help things. He's going to be out for three weeks, and that means that guys like John Jenkins, potentially Benito Jones coming off practice squad, are going to need to step up and play significant roles. But I really do like where this defense is heading. Picking up exactly where they left off last year is a really good sign, and I think that the sky really is the limit for this defense, kind of being the engine of this team again. Now, I'd love to bring Catherine in to talk about this Bill Steelers game. I remember sitting in the press box and watching this game as it was heading into halftime and seeing that the Bills were up 10-0 and, you know, they were looking to be the, the, the firepower that everyone predicted them to be heading into the season. You know, they had a 10-0 lead over the Steelers and then everything just fell apart in the second half and, that's where I bring in you in to ask what happened. <laughs> yeah, um, weird game for sure. I think, like you mentioned, that second half, just unable to really put anything together. I think when you look at the beginning of the fourth quarter in particular, that's when it was very clear, like, ah, things are unraveling here. When they had that weird fourth and one call, um, ended up going backwards and losing seven yards, not what you want when you need to gain exactly one yard um and then from there the Steelers score they have that block punt or turn for a touchdown and 
that's all in the middle of scoring 20 unanswered points. Um, so I think a couple of things were at play throughout this game, but more than anything, just the Bills' inability to score, to put up points. Um, you even go back to the opening drive. Isaiah McKenzie has a 75-yard return to set them up so nicely, and they can't get a first down. Uh, that's not the offense that anyone, I think, was really expecting out of the Bills to not be able to capitalize on that, things like that. So, you know, just unable to score and then kind of, like I said, unraveling late in the game against the Steelers uh, makes for a, a rough loss at home to start the season. No, most definitely, most definitely. And I, I was reading something you wrote in the Buffalo News about some of the issues that the offensive line had flagged for several holding penalties. I mean, what did you see watching that game and some of the issues that they might have had with guys like T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram on the Steelers' side? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard for anyone to go up against T.J. Watt, but they did themselves no favors. There were three holding penalties called on the same drive in the first quarter. Um, and I think just all day, unable to really be as effective as they needed. Even when the Steelers weren't pressuring as much as kind of, I think maybe I expected going into it. Um, I It was interesting too with the Bills, such a theme for them this off season was that continuity on the O-line. We brought back our five guys. We made sure we could keep them together. So that should help Josh Allen. Let's protect him. And continuity is really important in the NFL. Yes, but only if you're putting guys in who can still be effective and, they just weren't on Sunday. Um, they were between the penalties and just letting guys through. It it was just a little sloppy. Yeah, and then given those those struggles from the offensive line, I think that the front, the defensive front of the Dolphins against the offensive line of the Bills is going to be a really really interesting matchup. Now, obviously the the Dolphins have guys like Emmanuel Agba and Andrew Van Ginkle and even rookie Jalen Phillips who rotated in. You know they. They were able to get some pressure on Mac Jones, but especially when the when the when the Dolphins elected to blitz, it seemed like they just weren't able to to get to Mac Jones, and he was really just dicing them up and finding the open man. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they do with Josh Allen, and we're gonna get into that that soon. But did anything else stick out to you? Obviously, besides the Bills' offense just struggling to to close that game in the second half and score points, did anything else stick out to you? Maybe good or bad or just surprising from that game? Yeah, I think it's also kind of interesting. Just it's easy to look at the Bills' defense and be like, "Oh, they really let up here. That's on them." But again, when the offense are is unable to put anything together, um, you know, I think Josh Allen had a few deep shots that he wanted back. I am interested to see how he and Emmanuel Sanders do week two, since they looked good at times, but it was Sanders who he missed twice going deep and. That can change a game pretty quickly, but also just some intriguing play calling, we'll call it. Um, I mentioned that fourth and one before where they um, pitched it back and the Steelers just absolutely sniffed it out. But there were a few times where it felt maybe offensive coordinator Brian Dable was trying to do a little too much. Um, This Bill's offense is really interesting and those plays are great to watch when they happen, just for anyone who likes football to see what they can put together. But there were a couple times Sunday where it just seemed maybe they were trying to do too much on either third down, fourth down, and then, you know, just it's not working out for them. So I thought that was also kind of notable throughout the game. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, 
I think that it'll be interesting to see if the Dolphins can kind of play their their game in terms of limiting the the Bills scoring. You know, I don't think that this is a game that the Dolphins want to get into a 35 to 34 shootout. I think that they definitely want this game to be more of the 17 to 16 mode that they just played as well. So I know that the the Dolphins will or the Bills, I should say, will be looking to kind of rebound in that in that aspect and put up points the way that we are accustomed to seeing them do last year and on the other side the the Dolphins will be trying to limit that now I also want to ask about the Bills defense because this was a defense that you know it had its struggles I believe stopping the run last year they've they've added to their defense front in recent years I believe they drafted Gregory Rousseau in this past draft they also added AJ Epinenza in the, in the previous draft I mean what were your impressions of that defensive front and how they performed stopping the run getting after Ben Roethlisberger and that Steelers offensive line yeah they the Bills really made it clear recently that they want to build up there and even they took back-to-back picks last draft and Russo like you mentioned a, a Florida guy and then Boogie Basham who was inactive this last week and even just keeping so many guys on that initial 53 they've been clear about we want to have our options on the D-line we want to boost this and we did so and I think they need to kind of just be a bit more efficient um you know they were able to to do a decent job um, Sunday, but I don't think they've had as many of the splash plays overall that they've been looking for so far. And, um, you know, I think what's interesting with this team is it's a one game sample size. I don't know that Sunday is super accurate as to what this Bills uh, team is going to be, but um, when you draft back to back first and second round picks there and, you know, really try to keep other guys um you want to see more production there than they did Sunday no most definitely and like you said this this is just one game you know we've heard I'm sure you've heard just as many overreactions as I have in the past 48 hours for from all the all the results from week one but what is the I think everyone already knows who's gonna win the Super Bowl versus who's awful versus one game but weird that they've still got so many more to go so I know it's the same boat for every team totally no, exactly. And, and then I, I wanted to ask, you know, with that, what is the kind of tenor within the organization, the players? Because I think that, you know, across the NFL circles, you know, this was, like I said, the Bills are a team that's expected to contend for a Super Bowl. They're expected to be overall just a better team than the Steelers. And to some, in some aspect, people are kind of viewing this game as an upset. I mean, how are the, the Bills kind of viewing the loss and kind of responding to it? Yeah, it is interesting where I think the expectations for them are higher than they've been in quite a while. And so to then have a loss week one, um, you know, what do they do to deal with that? When we talked post game um, to Micah Hyde, Jordan Poirier, they were kind of saying, you know, we're just looking at it as one game. Didn't really think that we were going to go undefeated, even though, of course, you have the mentality of win every single game. But even as they were walking out of the press conference together, they were kind of shouting back, like, it's only one game, don't panic. And I think that's definitely the message, even though surely they're disappointed. Um, Just no team ever wants to lose. And I think particularly when they've had those expectations building and building the last few months, it, it stings a little more. 
no, nah, of course, you know, you never want to start a, a season with a loss, especially like that on your on your home turf and whatnot. And, and that leads and that leads me to kind of like a bigger picture question. You know, um, you know, you're you're kind of like in the in the in, in the beat in the respects and aspect that you came you know a little late into training camp. We're both transitioning into new beats. But how have you seen this team, the organization kind of temper the, the expectations, you know, the bills? Uh, you know they're they're a storied franchise. They they've had some highs going to Super Bowls, losing. Um, they've had some really tough years, and now they're they're one of the the premier teams in the league. And like I said, they're expected to win a Super Bowl, expected to compete for a Super Bowl. How have you seen them kind of manage those those expectations and whatnot? Yeah. So my first day was day one of training camp, and every single day, basically, whoever we talked to was saying how last season doesn't really mean anything. Like we're 0-0, we're starting over, totally fresh. And I think that's a lot easier to say when you're coming off a really good season or, you know, versus if you had an awful year last year, you're still going to say it. But it, it's a little easier to have that mindset of this is a restart when your recent history has been good. Um, but I do think they really bought into that idea of, you know, we're not carrying over those wins into this year. Also, we didn't accomplish our goals last year. So we can't take those and just be like, okay, we're good. We don't have to work. So I think it sounds organizationally like they've been really adamant about kind of putting that behind them. And sure, you want to build off of a strong season, but not letting it let you get too comfortable. No, most definitely. And I'm sure I'm sure the Dolphins can kind of can kind of relate to that, you know, obviously the, the Dolphins aren't necessarily maybe in the tier uh, of the Buffalo Bills and being expected to compete for a championship, but they're coming off a successful season in their own in their own right. And they had big expectations too. And, you know, the, the, the thing around South Florida and the Dolphins has been a take one day at a time, take one play at a time, take one minute at a time. You know, they're not, they're not thinking about, about yesterday, about the week one game, about last year, about anything, you know, it's, it's you know, it's like pulling teeth just to get the, the coaches and players to talk about the previous game or something from the past. And, you know, they, they very rarely like to look to the future. So they're really present. They're, they're just focused on kind of, uh, kind of approaching every day with the, with the empty slate or, um, you know, just kind of taking it one one day at a time. That, that's what we usually hear from South Florida. So I'm, so I'm sure that they can uh, relate to that. Yeah, we love some good mantras, some uh, <laughs> inspirational quotes. <laughs> nah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, now, Catherine, thank you so much. Uh, we're we're going to take a short break before we get back into really previewing this Dolphins-Bills uh, home opener in week two. So stay right with us. Welcome back to the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I am Daniel Oyafusi. I'm still joined by Catherine Fitzgerald, who covers the Bills for the Buffalo News. Now, we've talked about the Dolphins Pats game in week one. We've talked about the Bills Steelers game in week one. And now we're about to get into the Dolphins hosting the Bills for their home opener in week two. And, you know, Catherine, I don't know about you, but I view this as, you know, we said, we just said that there's 16 games left in the season, but I view this as, an extremely, an extremely important game, just given the way that the division kind of shaked out in week one. You have every team losing but the Dolphins in week one. And I feel like this is a, a really big opportunity for the Dolphins to make a statement that, you know, they're they're to be reckoned with in this division, in this conference, in this league, and, and really establish the division lead. What do you think? Yeah, I agree where it's 
you know, you don't want to get too much in the mindset of making one game define something, especially this early in the season. But for the Bills in particular, if they were to drop to 0-2 and, and to do so, you know, to the Dolphins, I think that's going to be two losses together that would set off some alarms more than if it comes later in the season. And on the flip side, again, we're about to have a two-game sample size. But on the flip side, if they win, then they can be a little bit more like, okay, that was just week one, working through some stuff. Let's rattle off the rest of our season. And surely the same for the Dolphins where, you know, they want it to either, they want it to be like, okay, this is who we were week one is continuing into this. So even if it's just two games in, I, yeah, I think it could be a bit more uh, significant than usual. No, most definitely. And, you know, regardless of what happened in week one, you know, like we said, it's a, it's a one game sample size. The Dolphins are certainly going to have their hands full with the Bills and Josh Allen, who has had a lot of success with or over the, the Dolphins in his in his short career. You know, he's five and one against the the Dolphins in his you know, now four year career. Um, he's had some really big games, some big numbers. And it just seems like of, of, of all the, the quarterbacks and the teams in this league I mean the he just has really had their number now uh, I'm really interested to see how the Dolphins end up defending him in this offense I think that it's a really really intriguing matchup just because of the different players on both sides the Dolphins or the Bills are a really explosive offense that likes to spread teams out they like to do three four wide receiver sets and throw the ball. And, you know, they they have the tools to do that. And having a guy like Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders, as you said, and Cole Beasley and and just so many different so many different skill position players. And I think that the of of all teams in the league, the Dolphins are actually set up and constructed almost perfectly on on defense to to defend them. The strength of the the Dolphins is really in their secondary and having that 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 two that that tandem at cornerback with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, and then you look at some of the depth they have at cornerback with uh, slot guys like Nick Needham and Justin Coleman, who you know they got some they got some playing time on on Sunday against the Patriots, but I think that they're in line for some really heavy workloads. And then you even look at the safety position, having Eric Rowe, who can match up against corners and tight ends and Jason McCourty, who had an incredible game and uh, rookie Javon Harlan, who, who stepped in and had a forced fumble. So I think that's a really intriguing matchup. Um, I, I know that the, the Dolphins like to blitz early and often, and they, they, they blitzed, Often late against the against the Patriots and McDonald's was able to to really diagnose those blitzes and whatnot. But I, I found it interest, interesting reading that the Steelers, who are also known for blitzing, didn't do that as much against the Bills and actually had a lot of success. Um, what, what did you see from maybe some of the looks that the Steelers were throwing at Josh Allen and um, just kind of how how they were able to confuse him? Yeah, you could tell Sean McDermott was particularly frustrated with that post game of making the point of sometimes they're only even bringing three and they're still able to just neutralize our offense to an extent that I don't think the Bills necessarily expected. Um, I think it is a really interesting matchup of kind of what you were saying with how this Bills offense meets the Dolphins defense where, you know, it's no secret that the Bills like to throw, to have Josh Allen make these splashy plays. Um, and he's got the receivers to do it, certainly. Um, so I think just if they can be more effective there, you know, he 
what was he, 30 of 51 on Sunday against the Steelers. Um, I think there were questions this offseason of, is he going to regress to his 2019 numbers? Is he going to, you know, was that a step forward in 2020 or was that just kind of, you know, he made a big jump and now he's going back. And I don't think Sunday against the Steelers is enough to indicate that he's taking a step back or anything like that. But I think Josh Allen has to be cautious not to force things, right? Like that's been his criticism for a little bit of wanting to have those big plays and forcing them when they're not there. He touched on that a little Sunday after the loss, um, saying at first that he didn't necessarily feel he had to force things, but kind of in his answer was going through like the idea of trying to make the big plays instead of just, you know, moving the ball more efficiently. So I think that's something to watch for of Sunday if he ends up again in a spot of trying to make things happen if they're not there. And I think that's where the play calling comes into, like I mentioned before, of, you know, doing just what you need versus what is a little high risk, high reward. Yeah, and staying on the topic of the play calling, one thing that's also in my mind is, the styles of the Patriots and the Bills couldn't be any more any more different. You know, the Patriots came out in the first play of that game with base personnel, ran it up the middle, they get a 35-yard gain. And, you know, especially in 2020, the the, or the Bills weren't really known for being a, a run-oriented team. They were known for, you know, being a spread team in that respect. And, I, and that's why I almost say that you know, the the loss of Raekwon Davis, while it will be, it will magnify the ability of the Dolphins to stop the run. I feel like in this game, it might not be as big of a factor because you're going to see a lot of spread looks. You're going to see a lot of defensive backs on the, on the, on the field instead of a linebacker in the defensive lineman. Where are the, the bills in terms of finding that balance? Because I know that that's probably a thing that they're looking to, to address in 2021. Yeah, I think they've still got a ways to go on having more balance there where, again, when you look at the numbers, this offense as a whole put up last year, it's it's not like they're not gaining yards or not scoring or stuff like that. But I think when you can have a more effective run game just to have better options, um, they didn't really get it going until late in Sunday's game. Um, Devin Singletary, I want to say, had more than half of his rushing yards on one drive. Like it was very... They didn't get much going until it was almost too late in the game. Um, and I think to your earlier point, it'll be interesting to see, too, of just the differences that the Dolphins bring having come off that Patriots game where maybe you throw some weirder looks against a rookie quarterback, stuff like that, versus now it's a guy you've known. Josh Allen has kind of had their number for a little bit. And how do you tackle this differently versus <laughs> if you're just trying to spook a guy in his first start. Um, so I think that'll be interesting, but yeah, there's, they still got to navigate a little bit more to, to balance this offense when Sunday in particular, just if you can't score, you know, there's things to work through. Yeah. You mentioned, you just mentioned the looks that, excuse me, the looks that the Dolphins might give Josh Allen. I thought it was interesting that, Josh Boyer was asked about that defense, the defense coordinator for the for the Dolphins. He was asked about, you know, just what have you seen from Josh Allen? What can you do to maybe stop him? And, you know, he said that Josh Allen is playing the quarterback position 
as well as anybody in the league right now. And, you know, he's only been in the league for three full seasons now, but he's, he said he's seen just about everything. So he, he said that, or he emphasized the fact that what it comes down to is really coming down to a assignment football and, and sticking to what you're supposed to do on a given play, because we all know Josh Allen can not only throw the ball a country mile, he can, he can run, <laughs> run over you, you know? So they have to, you know, they said that if they have a, a QB spy and a guy who's supposed to stay in a, in a gap and watch out for the QB run, he can't try to blitz and think he's going to get a sack. Or maybe if a guy's rushing, he has to stay in a rush lane and keep contained and not let Josh Allen get out of the pocket and start to scramble or roll out and kind of get those 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 scramble plays. So I think that that will be really interesting to see how disciplined they are. We know that the Dolphins defense is usually a pretty dis- disciplined group. They didn't miss a lot of tackles against the Patriots. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of stick to those, those fundamentals that they always preach against Josh Allen. Yeah, and I think like you hit on his, his skill set is just – I mean, it helps this offense in so many ways when it's working. So I think that'll be such an intriguing matchup of just what the Dolphins do to try to shut him down. Yeah, and, and like I said, I don't think that this is a game where the Dolphins necessarily feel comfortable getting into a, a shootout. They definitely want to keep it probably in the mid to low 20s, but we'll see what happens there. Now, kind of flipping it and looking at the Dolphins offense, I'm very, very interested interested to see how the the evolution of this offense continues um, to to grow. Like I said, there was some good, some bad um, in that that first game. I thought that Tua played pretty well for what was kind of given to him, what was put on his plate. Um, they ran a, a heavy dose of RPOs. I I even just not too long ago finished rewatching that game. I, I found it interesting that. Um, the first play of the game was kind of a, a bunch, a bunch formation with two tight ends, a, a running back, and they had a, a wide receiver more in line. And they ran an RPO and to a hitch Jalen Waddle for a 17-yard slant. And then you fast forward to the final possession of the game, and they're backed up at the five-yard line. It's first and 14, and they go to the exact same play, exact same formation, except for two a hits. Uh, Devontae Parker on the other side, fuck a 14-yard gain, and they're able to get a couple first downs and run out the clock. So I think that they're 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 very confident and certain in what they want to do. But I'm really interested to see what happens after that after that first possession of the of the two halves. Like we saw, are they able to make adjustments? Um, what does Will Fuller do for this this offense? I had a, a fan ask me like. Does he replace Albert Wilson? Does he replace Devontae or Jalen? I was like, I, I don't think it's replacing anybody. It's, it's just an addition. You know, it's just more more riches to this offense. And Will Fuller is known throughout the league for his, his deep speed. Um, so I know I know that they're going to use him in a lot of interchangeable ways. I think they're going to use him in a lot of similar ways to Jalen Waddle and types of routes that he's running and the way he's moving around. Um, what sticks out to you for the the Bills defense. I know watching that game, um, Tredavious White is obviously an all-pro, Pro Bowl cornerback. But I feel like there's some questions on the other side of that of that cornerback, um, cornerback tandem. I mean, what sticks out to you for what the Bills might try to do to to stop this this new offense that they're going to be seeing on Sunday? Yeah, I think um, 
And Tredavis White had that interception that was called back. And that was something they kind of hit on post game of just, they still, they're looking for more takeaways. I mean, what team isn't, but um, I think just if they can have some of those bigger plays on defense, um, Levi Wallace, I know he had that PI call that kept the Steelers going and that felt like a bit of a momentum shift too. But I think, if they can just kind of tighten up some of that stuff, they'll be in a slightly better place. Um, that being said, this Dolphins offense, um, I got to see them actually last season and to a second start in Arizona where, what did he throw for? Like close to 250 yards when they got that win and had the comeback too. So I, I know how effective they can be. And like you mentioned, have some of those kind of creative looks or um, just more interesting things too. So it'll be on that Bills defense to to shut that down to the extent that they can, or at least to, you know, do the classic bend don't break. Um, and I think that's what'll be really critical Sunday of just, you know, you're not going to be able to wipe everything away. So how do you just kind of keep this from spiraling? Not definitely, definitely. I mean, this is a this is a game that no, I said, like I said before, I think that this is probably one of the biggest games of week two. Um, I feel like although it's only the second game of the season, there's a lot on the line for both teams. Um, for Dolphins, the Dolphins and Dolphins fans particularly who are kind of upset about the, the national um, media perception and kind of narrative that's been placed on the team. Uh, this is kind of a, a put up or shut up opportunity really for the right. Dolphins to really make a statement. And again, for, for the Bills, a team that was, you know, just widely picked to, to represent the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl. This is, uh, you know, a real big test for them to not, to not be two steps behind essentially in the division. And, and I really want to take a step back and kind of look at the AFC East as a whole. You know, obviously the Jets lost their, opening season game to the Carolina Panthers. Um, they're a team that's, you know, with Zach, Zach Wilson look to be in a rebuilding situation. So we're not necessarily going to put them in this question that I'm about to ask, but, <laughs> you know, but you look at the Patriots, you know, I think that they, I think Matt Jones looked probably just about like we all thought he might look or even a little better in his ability to, you know, read defenses and, and find, find guys in his first NFL game. Um, you have the Dolphins, who I said, are trying to build off a 10-win season, um, their first full season with Tua. And then you have the Bills, who are were perceived to be the class of the division. You know, on last week's episode, I, I said that I didn't think that they were as head and shoulders above the Patriots and the Dolphins as some people thought. I thought that they were going to win the division, but it would only be separated by, like, maybe two games. You know, I thought that if the Bills win 13 games, you know, the third place team was probably going to win 10 or 11 games. I mean, what are your thoughts or what entering the season, what were your thoughts on this entire division as a whole? And, you know, although it's only one week, I mean, do you feel that the AFC East really might be up, up for grabs for a team like the Patriots or the Dolphins? Yeah. Entering the season, I had the Bills winning. It didn't second guess that too much. And, um, I think this week will be really telling where, you know, maybe the Dolphins do make that big statement and are way more in the mix than a lot of people were expecting. I think it'll be really competitive um, between, like you said, these three teams, um, you know, best of luck to the Jets, RIP, but I don't think they're really in the same mix as um, when we're looking at the Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, and I think I mean, that'll be fun, that it could be a little more chaotic than people were expecting, um, especially, I think, the 
the Patriots feel kind of like a monster movie of like, you think they're gone and everything's good. And then, oh no, it's, <laughs> there they are. So, you know, seeing what they do the rest of the season, but then also with the Dolphins, um, you know, this week I think could be really telling, but I, I think it's just going to be really competitive. Um, and that's, I think the Bills still are totally capable of taking that division, but I think it's going to, you know, they're not going to ride to it like they did last year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air. And I'm, sh- and I'm sure every team outside of the Patriots is probably thinking that as well. You know, Tom Brady and New England dominated this division for freaking two decades. And then you have Tom Brady finally go off to Tampa. The New England has a kind of a down season last year. The Bills win the division. But now it's, I mean, if it's not pretty wide open I mean it's it's up in the air and I think that that that's that's pretty cool you know you have a bunch of young quarterbacks Josh Allen at at 25 I think is the the elder states elder statesman of the group and then you have a second year quarterback in Tua first year quarterback in Mac Jones and Zach Wilson I mean I don't know about you but it it just feels fun I mean I feel like this is definitely the type of division where you know it can kind of be like the the AFC North where you just have different different division winners every single year and just this every match being a slugfest yeah I think it's refreshing too and like you hit on so wild that it's like oh Josh Allen he's old because he's 25 and that's ages above these other guys um yeah that's weird but I think it's it's cool that it's a new chapter for this division and you know I think anyone who just likes watching good football it's fun to have teams competing and in the mix instead of just you know what it was with the Patriots for so long no, most definitely, most definitely. Now, but before we wrap up, I have to do predictions. I have to get your prediction. Now, I'm already the honeymoon has already ended with me and Dolphins Twitter because I picked <laughs> the Patriots to win in Week One. Um, so you know we're we're going through some things right now. Yeah. And I did in my in my preseason predictions, I did pick the Dolphins to win this game. So I'm going to stick with that. I think I, I originally said like 30 to 25. I thought that this was going to be kind of the breakout game for the Dolphins where they're able to to really show what this offense is made of. And I feel like this is a, a perfect opportunity for them to do that. You know, they're going to be at home. They're going to be used to the the hot weather, the, the humidity of South Florida. They're getting uh, Will Fuller back. I'm not sure how much he's going to be incorporated into the offense because he was out during training camp for a lot of training camp with an injury. Uh, Brian Flores said that he's going to have to get that chemistry down. They might try to ease him into into the offensive system, but I still think that we're going to see the the maturation that from week to week of this offense. I think there's going to be a lot of big plays. I think they're definitely going to put up more points than 17 points in this game. And, and I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'm going to say Dolphins 30 to 25 and they get a big win. What do you think, Catherine? Yeah, well, I went Bills last week over the Steelers and obviously <laughs> missed on that one. But I, I don't know. I think this is super intriguing. I think the Bills bounce back. Um, I've got them at 27, 24. I think it'll be close. I think both like – they're going to score a bit more than last week, both teams, but it won't be crazy, crazy numbers. Um, but I think they'll they'll find that edge and just uh, get the win. But I think it's going to be a close game. Um, obviously, I've got it three points between them. So, you know, an exciting matchup. No, most definitely, most definitely. And I keep on saying I know that 
what the Bills do to stop Josh Allen is going to be so important. You know, they've they I'm sure that they remember that 56 to 26 beat down in week 17. Um, they're, they're they're definitely not going to want uh to replicate that performance. And just in, in terms of the looks that they give Josh Allen, what they do to stop that offense, that's going to be so important. But I think I think maybe maybe the Steelers kind of gave the blueprint to, to stop this offense in week one. So that's going to be the big matchup that I'm going to watch for sure. What about you? Yeah, I, I think seeing what Josh Allen in particular does um, is going to be so significant and, and dictate what happens here um, because even if the Bills are allowing points, if they can score the way they should be able to, then, you know, that helps you out a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure the Dolphins are very anxious to get a win after last season. Um, but also when we look at just how short memories are, Bills are really looking for one after last week and every team's looking for a win. So I don't think it comes down to that necessarily, but I think, It'll just be whether or not Allen can be more effective. No, nah, most definitely, most definitely. It's it's like I said, it's going to be one of the biggest games of the week. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm sure you're excited for. It. I'm excited to see you in person. Yeah, but, and in Miami, not a bad place to watch a game. Oh, it's never a bad time in Miami. Trust me, I've, I've been here for over a month. It's 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 a beautiful place. You can't go wrong with Miami. <laughs> But that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I want to thank Catherine Fitzgerald again for, for joining me. Um, it's going to be a fun one. So Dolphins fans, sit back, enjoy the game, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.